Welcome to Anxious Tea Time, the show where we discuss the wonderfully different aspects of mental health. I'm Ellie. And I'm Gully. And this week we're going to be discussing eating disorders and disordered eating. This is actually a topic I'm really excited for, as it's one of my main areas of interest as a psychology student. Though, it should be said that this is another sensitive topic, and although we will not be talking about any sort of uh, numbers, calories or measurements, we are going to be discussing behaviours, symptoms and kind of eating disorder logic one may have. So, as always, if this isn't your cup of tea, we will be happy next episode with a very different topic with that said let's do this and let's start to say what we mean when we're talking about eating disorders in simplified terms eating disorders are illnesses in which the people experience severe disturbances in their eating behaviors and related thoughts and emotions but this is a very vague definition uh, yeah um examples of eating disorders that most people might have heard of is uh, anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa anorexia often involves having a dangerously low food intake and weight and those of us with the disorder often struggle with obsessive thoughts and behaviours around food and their own body. Bulimia nervosa is an eating disorder which similarly often involves obsessive thoughts and behaviours around weight and food but it does involve binging large amounts of food and then purging the calories by either throwing up, over exercising or using laxatives. Although we are bringing these two up first purely because of they're the ones that people are most familiar with these are far from the only and even most common ones. Yeah, you also have, for example, binge eating disorder, which involves frequently binging very large amounts of food uh, way past hunger until being uncomfortably full, and can also involve a preoccupation with food and our own bodies. Then you also have OSFAD, or other specified feeding and eating disorders, which can include more like atypical or like not um, often bulimic and anorexic or other types of eating disorder symptoms but they may not have all the classifications of the symptoms uh, you also have UFED, which is unspecified eating disorders, which is uh, problems with thoughts and behaviours around food that can otherwise severely affect our life but doesn't fall under the criteria of any other defined eating, eating disorder. You mostly hear about anorexia and bulimia, though, so those most be the most common ones. Actually, not at all. Um, according to BEAT, which is a eating disorder pre- prevention charity, Um, Out of the 1.25 million people in the UK that are estimated to have an eating disorder, the prevalence for each type of eating disorder is all over the place. Even though rates of eating disorders are difficult to estimate, a 2015 study found that out of all the cases of eating disorders, anorexia only accounted for 8% of the cases, binge eating disorder accounted for 22%, bulimia for 19%, and for other specified feeding and eating disorders accounted for 47%. Eating disorders can be very prevalent in like day-to-day life but it's also very difficult to distinguish when it is actually a disorder and it isn't because of it is very common purely because of there's media and there's outlooks on women's bodies and men's bodies that there is everywhere. Like, yeah definitely because I think like a lot of people might have heard of someone in their life who's been struggling with an eating disorder but most people do only know about like anorexia and bulimia and often there's this kind of like false belief that eating disorders looks a certain way on people 
like when you think of anorexia, for example, you often think of often young girls, very skinny, often white, often maybe middle class. Mm. Uh, but this is not the case at all. It's very hard to estimate properly like how how people with eating disorder presents. But there's one study that surveyed a lot of like, college students with the kind of with, where they self disclosed their eating disorder, found that only two percent of the people who said they had an eating disorder were actually underweight. So most people are like, oh well, most people with eating disorders are probably underweight. And that's just not the case at all. I think the misconception might have come from the fact that, unfortunately, the same study found that if you were underweight, you were more likely to receive help faster. Yeah. Because even in the medical community, you have these kind of misconceptions that, well, it's not really serious until you're dangerously underweight, which is just not true at all. Yeah, because it just means that people end up going deeper than they intended in the first place. Because when people do get these eating disorders, it's not something that is very prevalent to start off with it's just the small nagging thoughts like any other mental disorder that just sort of ends up building up so just like with depression and anxiety which are two very common mental disorders is that once you say that you have it they will help you from that point obviously if you're suffering with more disturbing thoughts you get help straight away but with eating disorders it can affect you in so many different ways and the voice in your head that people talk about just gets so much louder and when they do get to that point where they're dangerously underweight or it's affecting their lives in significant ways is that voice is so loud in their head that going back becomes so much more difficult. Oh, completely. And you will notice us kind of talking about eating disorders in general for the rest of the discussion, and that's very deliberate. I think it's another misconception that some eating disorders are just incredibly different from each other. Mm. That, oh, like, well, because, like, anorexia and bulimia and binge eating disorder, for example, have very separate symptoms. They may be completely separate disorders. That's actually not the case at all. If you look at the actual kind of behavioural traits, the symptoms, the concerns, often the things that cause eating disorders are they're so similar and actually there's a lot of research to suggest that if you suffer from an eating disorder you are incredibly likely to almost migrate to another one yeah it's very very common to almost in in a way jump or transition between them which kind of suggests that even you you might think that like for example binge eating disorder and anorexia is almost like opposite sides of the same scale and that's just not true at all the kind of intense preoccupation with food is the same often they're restricted phase is the same and uh, in binge eating disorder it just leads to a almost a reactive eating in the person suffering from it because you're depriving yourself of food uh, and also when you talk about the reasons why some might get an eating disorder it's very interesting because I think eating disorders is one of the ones that are kind of seen as very shallow yeah. almost would you agree have you kind of seen the same connotations as I have oh yeah it's because obviously people always think of just like it's this one thing that people aim to do and it's because of how they see themselves and that is it when it isn't just that it is it's almost like goal orientated behavior that people go through and it isn't just about I, I'm feeling fat and then it just goes into this spiral of not eating anymore it could be caused just like anything else just by an event and your brain uses it as a coping mechanism just yeah. like self-harming did in our last episode it is almost that coping mechanism of life so yeah I do see those connotations everywhere yeah that is again and to be fair um, a lot of eating disorders that are often comorbid often exist with body dysmorphia yeah uh, which is kind of having a very very inaccurate 
um, impression of your own body. It doesn't necessarily have to be weight. It can be like a feature where you're like so obsessive on feature because you think it's so horribly terrible or bad or anxiety inducing that you feel fearful of going outside or having other people perceive you. They're very common when you also have an eating disorder, but that doesn't mean that everyone who thought that like, oh, I don't like my stomach, I'm gonna go on a diet, get an eating disorder. Because if that happened, everyone would have one. And obviously we can discuss how um, diet culture and society can definitely affect the prevalence of eating disorders. It's just, it's very simplistic understanding of them. Yeah, people don't really get how deep these disorders can go for example it's like everyone thinks that these things start around your teen years when your hormones are going absolutely insane when actually there are studies done on six-year-olds if you could believe it that would get an eating disorder and when you think about that you think oh if this person's six when i was six i didn't think about what my body i didn't even know yeah exactly so it isn't just about what you think about and oh my stomach's getting big could anything could cause it and it is just like any other mental disorder and it's not something that's recognized as much as others which is something that needs to be looked into yeah especially and i before we keep coming back to this that like eating disorders do not have a body type yeah at all it really really doesn't uh, and i think that misconception is so ridiculously dangerous not only is it prevalent in the medical community but a very common symptom of having an eating disorder and to be fair having a lot of different mental disorders is, oh i'm not sick enough to either be taking it seriously or to feel worthy and deserving of help because oh there are people worse off than me and often with an eating disorder it's well there are people who are thinner than me and then you will not get get help maybe like in the early stages which is the most the best time to get help yeah because that's the unfortunate truth about eating disorder is that in terms of research there is very little like one size fits all way to recover i mean that's the case for most disorders anyways but for example for depression um you see a lot of success with cbt you can kind of have a really good success rate with that but unfortunately with eating disorders as they are so complex and can be due to so many different reasons and kind of sustain themselves in so many reasons they are incredibly hard to treat so kind of early prevention is so important yeah and with treatments for eating disorders it's very difficult at the start depending on how far along you are. There was, when you get so skinny, it's obviously damaging your own health, but you don't realise that yourself. So at the beginning of treatment for a lot of eating disorder patients is they are forced to eat food and they will be watched 24-7. So with this disorder, it's just, it's not very, the treatment isn't as easy going as others. Like with depression, you'll go through CBT when this is just someone talking you through everything. But with the beginning of eating disorders, it isn't just, this is about you. It's, we are going to get you to this point if you like it or not so it's a it's in a way it's almost as more aggressive treatment than other disorders yes it's very strange because it seems to be that a lot of mental health professionals might not have the necessary education to deal with a early or middle stage eating disorder yeah. and a lot of things are unfortunately not picked up until it's gone so far where it's more physical and medical uh, yeah. at that point which is just really really unfortunate and i think it's very important to be aware of what what could be disordered eating in yourself because not all disordered eating will lead to an eating disorder when i say disordered eating it's more like oh well you might have some problems with food a lot of anxiety around food and body and and the such and it might like start affecting your life but it's not controlling it and it's not like a big deal yet but it's very important to be aware of it 
because you that's it's just not a road you want to go down and I also think and this is just my opinion that it's very scary the society we live in about how food and bodies are used yeah um, how food is promoted for comfort but also as a lifestyle but also the again it's very common especially for women to just casually engage in diet talk we're all we're all bond we all moralize food based on nutrition and calories like we can you can bond with your colleague of like oh there's some free muffins oh, I shouldn't <laughs> but oh, I've been good this week as if like eating salad makes you like a more like moral being (laughs) than eating cake which is obviously like ridiculous isn't it yeah it also leads on to that awful stigma that goes around with eating disorders because if people don't really I I personally think that people don't really take it seriously if someone does have an eating disorder because if when someone is skinny and in a eating disorder you don't see that you are skinny you have this body dysmorphia that you don't see what other people see so when other people see that you're skinny and they're just like you're skinny it's fine you don't need to lose any more weight it's that isn't gonna just help it that doesn't mean just like they're like oh i am skinny ha it's yeah, done because that's not the point of the disorder is it okay, like exactly. there's now to be like oh yeah you're skinny i'm fine now back to normal like obviously not exactly and people just don't really see that how much damage that these people are doing to their bodies as well especially if you're a normal weight and then you end up losing more and more weight and it just means that there is more struggle with your organs and people don't see that from the outside they just see this teen girl or young girl or adult or even a male yeah. just losing weight and looking more healthy yeah. just because they look healthy it doesn't mean that they are so people don't take it as seriously as others because of they don't see the damage until the very end where the, the damage end. is done yeah that kind of leads on to the, the, another like really prevalent misconception that oh weight loss is healthy yeah and that's just not true for most people losing a significant amount of weight is incredibly stressful for your body of course there's the, um, like the, there's exceptions for everything of course but for like most people losing a lot of weight it's it's not ideal oh. it's really really not ideal at all and I think what can be very hard for people with an eating disorder um, when they recover is a lot of the kind of dysfunctional thoughts they have had around food in their bodies that they're trying to kind of get rid of are still prevalent in the world around them. Yeah. Where just the concept of like the it's called the, the skinny fantasy mm. that like most people have this weird sense that if I was just like you know a few few pounds lighter my life would just be better. Yeah. If you were really skinny or very conventionally attractive you would just be happy. And that's just not true at all. <laughs> like you would just be you and there'll be a little bit less of you and you'd still have your life, you still have your job you still have your relationship problems but I think most people have this really weird notion, they don't even think about that like ah, if I was just lighter, things would just be better in my life and yeah. it's just really ridiculous when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's that's where the, like all that stigma comes from as well because obviously they get, oh I'm thin, everything is fine now, so when they get to that point you feel like, with an eating disorder you feel like, oh, when they get to that point they're going to be fine, they will be happy now because people outside looking in will agree because of that's what society thinks when they get to that point it's finished that's when the eating disorder ends but that is not how it works it can go completely out of control and that thought that losing weight is healthy for you it's not always a lot of the time when people lose significant amounts of weight it's because of something has happened like if you're ill 
most of the time you will lose quite a lot of weight. Yeah. And mental illness is exactly the same thing. When you have an eating disorder, it will happen and it will damage them for a very long time. It isn't just there for that one point and they get better. Because in treatment, a lot of people know that it, a mental disorder doesn't just go away just because it's being treated. It yeah. will always be there. So to deal with. And you kind of see this the other way as well. That like if uh, if you had an eating disorder that had kind of caused you to become a very low weight and maybe people know and are concerned for you, if you're what they call weight restored, you gain a bit of weight back, you reach quote-unquote a healthy weight, people kind of assume that like, oh, you're fine then. So you're solved. And it's like, well, no. And like, as really like I will keep emphasising that eating disorders isn't a body type and it's very, very dangerous when we think that's the case. Yeah, exactly. And what other people say can also be very damaging as well. For example, when someone is losing weight and you don't know that they have an eating disorder, when they start losing the weight and looking better, when someone says, oh, you're starting to look really good, I can't believe you've done this, it's almost a motivation to keep going further so they end up losing more and more weight and they'll get compliment, like compliments from other like guys or girls. Yeah. So then they'll feel like, I'm going to keep doing this and that voice in their head's going, yeah, damn right, you're going to keep doing this. And when people get treatment and start putting that weight back on and looking healthy, again people will give them compliments be like you're looking more healthy now or you've put on the weight that you needed to it's so that could throw them right back into that train of thought of i am putting on weight i haven't really been thinking about it which means that it just puts them back into that state again yeah and just like commenting on people's people's bodies in general is just like a really weird cultural thing we seem to do yeah like if you if you meet someone you don't know well be like oh you lost weight you look good and like you don't know like if they're going through like a really rough time with illness maybe they're going through a divorce maybe they're going through an eating disorder and losing weight for everyone isn't necessarily a positive thing and again it's just like a really weird thing to tell someone as like oh when I see you the th- thing I first noticed sure is your body yeah. and this is very important to me it's just a very strange uh, thing to be doing again it can be very hard especially in the early stages to even realise that you're suffering from an eating disorder or an disordered eating because again in my opinion I do think our culture is just not the best. <laughs> not I think it's a bit disordered in itself the way we do diet talk and how we look at our own bodies and how we put so much value on the size of our bodies yeah. and about that how oh if there's lesser of you you're more valuable. That's yeah, just exactly. in itself it's just like really really weird to me. Uh, but yeah so when do you cross the line from some, from a problem to just something you're thinking a bit about because that can be very very difficult to gauge can't it? Yeah, it's very it's very difficult to see in yourself and someone else because of losing weight is something that is very common in every country in the world at the moment like diet culture like you said is such a valued thing everyone's dieting in different ways and people lose weight in certain amounts of time even if you go on social media there's advertisements for different dieting uh, pills or workouts or even apps yeah like even like fasting is like a cool new diet now exactly and it's just seen as normal so it is difficult to see when you cross those boundaries from just dieting and losing weight into having an eating disorder and you don't really see it because obviously everyone has that small voice in their head that's their conscience going I should or shouldn't do this so it's hard to determine if it's actually a part of the eating disorder if it's you just going oh I can have this one cake this one time or I can't touch that because of then it will be the end of the world for me because that's what it feels like to them if they eat something they feel like they've done, done something like despicably wrong yeah well, that's a very good point I think a very very good indicator is um, if you notice yourself having a lot of food anxiety yeah again if you kind of want to eat a bit 
healthier if you maybe kind of like working out like you eat, eating well and you know that's fine like that, that it's not necessarily anything disordered about that but I think a very good indicator can be that like oh let's say that it's someone's birthday and like you will miss a day or like a day of your workout and you're probably going to have some a lot of good and unhealthy food yeah right? having a good time if you have more of a, a, a common relationship with food you're like oh you know it's just one day gonna have a good room with my family gotta be a good time I'll be back on it tomorrow but if you find yourself having anxiety of like oh no I shouldn't be eating that but like everyone is eating that but she made this and maybe I shouldn't eat too much beforehand then and again when you feel yourself being preoccupied and almost like fearing going to the event or like fearing kind of skipping your schedule or being very preoccupied and like oh oh I ate one very full meal maybe I ate some pizza with my partner and like oh you can feel the pounds coming on and you're like really excited and and, and like the the sensation of being full is starting to bother you yeah Uh, and you maybe feel like a very intense need to like either overcompensate that like oh well I probably shouldn't eat that much tomorrow then or I shouldn't exercise twice as much tomorrow but it's like a kind of and like anxiety kind of almost compulsive way yeah that's a very good indicator that's a very very big warning sign so if you feel yourself being really preoccupied uh, around food in a way that causes a lot of anxiety I'd say that's like a, a main one yeah what people don't really know with people with eating disorders is that food becomes almost literally a fear so when they think about eating all of this food they get this awful anxiety and being afraid of wanting this food let alone just eating it and touching this food and what another thing that people don't know is food can almost consume their entire minds like everything they Mm. do is in relation to food and it becomes an entire schedule related to oh i'll brush my teeth and afterwards i may be able to eat this food 15 minutes later i'm allowed to have this one thing and then i'll have a half an hour walk to walk it all off because if they're getting these routines where food circulates around everything Mm. so they're getting this like you were saying that this anxiety about food you become scared of doing specific things because of oh what if I do end up going out with my friends and they want to go for a dinner I can't exactly say oh no I, 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 I'm not hungry or I don't want to eat because of, I've been around them all day so you end up it consumes your life in so many different ways yeah and I think that like inherent like loneliness of an eating disorder is something I haven't talked about too much because like it's, it's very interesting because a lot of people with eating disorders do feel that like it's something almost very personal a way they can kind of control themselves or the world around them in a way so but especially in the beginning phases and even in the later ones as well like people don't want to kind of get rid of it so eating disorders more typically than any other mental health disorders um are very secretive and that goes for anorexia bulimia uh, osfed binge eating because there's a lot of shame around it yeah um because again it is pretty stigmatized again you have this misconception that it's oh it's vain or especially with binge eating disorders or the uh, or other eating disorders where it involves um over consuming food there's a lot of stigma around weight and consumption it's a very common symptom to be uh, ashamed of eating in public because you feel like other people are judging you in the kind of social context of that can be very scary and then you have what can be more isolating is that like if you think about it so many of our social settings involve food yeah like oh you meet for coffee meet over a meal most like holidays is all around food and if you're someone who struggles with a lot of anxiety around food that can be incredibly difficult especially for example now just for Christmas coming up like just being like oh a big setting maybe with extended family members you aren't very 
comfortable with and everyone's kind of like looking at each other a bit and you expect to eat all this food and there's always going to be someone being like oh, oh I've eaten too much oh I shouldn't yeah that can be incredibly stressful for someone struggling with food anxiety exactly and something that's not very common in mental disorders is with eating disorders they are less likely to try and find help themselves because they don't really see the danger and the damage that they are doing because obviously they have this dysmorphia where they're like oh I'm not skinny enough so there aren't nothing's going wrong I'm just eating less and there aren't any bad consequences from it so it takes someone else from the outside a lot of the time this isn't always the case but it takes someone from the outside to tell you this is not okay you should be able to eat whenever you want look at the people around you they get to do all these things and you're missing out and you have this anxiety about so many different situations people and things that it does it is damaging and like other mental disorders there is this voice inside your head telling you that no this is fine look people are telling you you look great and um we're looking skinnier we're feeling a bit better about ourselves today food shouldn't be the center of your life you should just be able to not eat whenever you want so it is more difficult to sort of get in the situation where they'll get treatment and it is very lonely because if they don't feel like there's anything wrong in the first place yeah and even if they do feel there's something wrong wrong in the first place it's a kind of sense of well it's not that bad or it's worth it or you might have like more like self-destructive tendencies yeah. really back to the self-harm we talked about last week of like well I know this is harmful to me but I'm not going to stop for xyz reason and again just like talking about like well how do you even pick up that a loved one might be struggling with an eating disorder and how do you even approach that it can be so incredibly difficult because again how do you separate someone complaining that like oh I shouldn't have that muffin oh I feel I've been eating too much lately how do you separate that from someone actually struggling and being very obsessive around food um, and I think just like how you know them and if you see them struggling otherwise yeah and I think um our best advice I mean keep in mind we are not experts is that like if you are gonna have you know almost sit someone down and talk to them to be hi I'm concerned for you don't make the focus of it their weight yeah because when you're already so obsessed and like everything you are is defined of your size and then someone else is like oh your size is the reason I notice you're struggling or like, oh, look how much I notice your body. Yeah. That's not necessarily a good opening line. And I feel you can have the conversation and be implied that, like, hey, you're right. You can definitely say, hey, I've been a bit worried for you lately. You're not coming out outside much. And I saw you being really upset last week. And you're being more introverted or you're being different from how I know you. Oh, you're right. But, of course, you need to completely take into consideration your own relationship with the person yeah and sometimes again we touched about that uh, upon that uh, in our last week's episode of self-harm sometimes it isn't appropriate for you to to, to say something of yeah. course if they're a good friend of yours if they're a close family member yeah you might be in a very good position like you know them you might know how they will react um, but if you kind of estrange, if you see someone being like quote unquote wed with their food, it probably isn't your place to call it out. Yeah. And again, calling out someone's behavior, especially in terms of food, it's not helpful. As we as we discussed, like it is not about the food at all. No. Like it's a symptom. Like the behavior is a symptom of a, a disorder. Uh, a lot of people compare eating disorders to addictions. 
for, for, for example, because it is as life-consuming. And, and kind of focusing on the food when, at least in the beginning phases when reaching out to someone, may not be the best idea. Of course, if someone is severely under-eating, of course you need to involve more medical attention. Of course, that needs to be put attention on. But if you're trying to check in with someone who might be struggling... It may not be the best route to, to go, so you haven't been eating. Yeah. That's a very, that can make, make us very defensive. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of close off because if for a lot of people with any kind of mental disorder, it's very, it's incredibly vulnerable. So you feel someone is just like almost slapping you in the face. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, uh, right, um, no. Instead <laughs> of being, hey, you've been doing all right lately. You've been seeming a bit off. What's going on with you? Yeah, because what people don't really know is it eating less isn't the only symptom of an eating disorder. Oh, not at all. There are many other symptoms that you'll be able to see in this person. They will drastically change. It isn't just their weight that is the massive problem because they'll see, they'll have different outlooks on specific things as well. They will become more introverted and less likely to go outside and you will see a significant change in their characteristics as well. So if you were to ask someone if they're okay, the weight isn't always going to be that major thing that you can go to it could be anything like oh we used to talk all the time and we used to have like these dinner dates we used to go on all the time or we used to go out to the park you don't really do that anymore because if you're doing other things because of um binge eating and yeah or you've um, been exercising so much lately you don't really have time for me or like our family for example exactly they'll they'll change so they'll be going to the gym a lot more and working out and that will become more of a priority than the people around them and you'll be able to see that so that's another way of being able to talk to them about it without giving them that slap in the face of oh I've been trying really hard of eating and you've basically just said I've been doing a really bad job at it which means they've all become really defensive about what they're doing. Oh yeah definitely in terms of other resources of course your GP is always <laughs> a good one to go to if you kind of wonder about yourself but also maybe a loved one to be like hey what do I do uh, however not all GPs are specialised within eating disorders especially the uh, lesser known ones yeah. unfortunately uh, I, w- uh, I would definitely recommend um, BEAT, B-E-A-T, BEAT Eating Disorders UK, which is a charity. They have a helpline, and obviously they are very specialised in eating disorders. And even if you don't feel like taking the step to go to, quote-unquote, a real GP or be involved in more like more medical help, you can always send an email, call to be, hey, um, what is this? Uh, and their number is 0808801. 0677 and they also have a special student line and a youth line and as well as a chat service uh, you can access their website on beateatingdisorders.org.uk and of course um, through our discussion now it's almost a bit bleak with eating disorders yeah. uh, as they can take control of your entire life and they can be very hard to pick up on but obviously recovery is very very possible um, and that is also why we want to raise awareness for it because obviously you're not a lost cause if you struggle with an eating disorder or just any kind of disordered eating it's as with every other mental health problem we can experience it's it takes a lot of work it takes a lot to navigate you need some good resources but it's very very possible to recover however that looks for you and to prosper 
Yeah, and BEAT is very useful in helping you find treatments as well. Like we discussed earlier, finding treatments can be quite difficult, but BEAT will help you through every process. They will help you get an appointment as early as possible, they'll help you get treatment as early as possible, and they'll also support you going through the entire transition as well. Yeah, and of course you can uh, often also contact our resources at NHS Minds. Uh, And of course, um, you can always try to reach out to a loved one uh, if you need some extra support and just to talk and kind of see what other people are with it uh, but yeah I think this is all for now and yeah. uh, we'll see you next week this has been Anxious Tea Time with Gully and Ellie and we will see you next week <laughs>